subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network, brought to you by Breeden RV Center. Breeden RV Center, family-owned and operated, a no-pressure, laid-back atmosphere, and always home of the free maintenance for life. This is the Bud Light Next Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light Next, your new favorite beer with zero carbs, now available to you. I'm always high on the hogs, you guys. <laughs> I'm high. Well, I'm not high right now, but my day is young. Kudos for naming your son Ty, T-Y-E, just like I spell my name. There aren't many T-Y-E's out there. My odometer's way up there. I'm that 2018 that's already got 130,000 miles on it. The Razorbacks rush across the field to get that boot. With it at the 45. Adams skipping. Adams gets outside. Watch out. It's the sideline. The Jet. Touchdown, Arkansas. 51 yards. So many times that I'm jealous of Tommy Kraft, but he is at Neighbors Mill this morning in Harrison. Tommy, all I'm asking and advocating for is you bring some of that delicious bread home when you come back to the River Valley, man. How are you this morning? Man, I, I can't be any better. I, uh... I don't. I, sometimes I say I drew the short straw. Today, uh, today wasn't one of those days. I I thought we got up early, Ty. They let me in the back door here at uh, Neighbors Mill a little after five o'clock. They'd been here for a while. You can tell this 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 wasn't anything new. It it was very tempting. As I, I kind of got to weave just a little bit, and they they had a pretty good eye on me. But there were racks and racks of these homemade muffins and the cookies, and they're back there making bread, and there's flour going everywhere. I mean, and I started to kind of reach in one of them racks and get one of them uh, get one of them muffins back there. But uh, maybe maybe I'll catch them looking the other way in a minute. But uh, it was a fat man's paradise back there, baby. Let me tell you something. It was all the homemade goods you wanted back there were uh, were being made fresh as they do every day here at Neighbors Mill. So if you're in Harrison. Come by and see us. You know where Neighbors Mill is. It's right here on Highway 65. And uh, Ty, I'll, I'll see what I can do if I can wrangle you up a loaf of bread. And you, you'll you probably get about half of it back by the time I get there. Well, half's better than nothing. It's always, uh, you got to look at life as glass half full rather than glass half empty. So if I can get half a loaf of bread, I'll... I'll be okay this morning. They make, they make the bread here. They, they got that uh, Neighbor's Best. It's one of my favorite. I've been eating Neighbor's Mill stuff for 15 years probably once we discovered it up here. I think but 22 years y'all been? 22 years they've been here. I've been I've been stopping by here on my way to the river because this has been kind of a normal stop anytime we go to the North Fork or over to Gaston's or somewhere. And uh, if you hadn't been to Neighbor's Mill yet, you, uh, you need to get by and see us this morning. Have breakfast. We'll talk about their menu and uh, – Kind of get you ready. I know there'll be some people moving around for football season, and uh, if you're coming through Harrison or you, if you live in Harrison, you probably already know what I'm talking about. Let's start this morning as, again, Tommy's live from May- Neighbors Mill. You heard the highlight at the top of our open, and it's pretty easy to distinguish who that is. Joe Adams, the Jet. It's a Gus Johnson call, 2011 Cotton Bowl in Dallas, a game that hopefully many of you got to watch, go to, or whatever. It wasn't just that highlight. It was the punt return against Tennessee, the one against Ole Miss. That guy was electric. That guy could get up and down. And you're hoping, fingers crossed, that a guy in Fayetteville, Arkansas, one of your own, like Joe was, a Little Rock kid, CAC, can do the exact same thing. 32. They'll give it to Satania on an end around. 
Isaiah across the 35, the 40, Isaiah Satania at midfield. He's at the 45 at Bentonville. Reverses his field at the 35, he's at the 30, he's at the 20. Satania's at the 15, the 10, the 5. Touchdown, Fayetteville! Tommy, I can't remember a in-state wide receiver that's had as much hype and expectation as Isaiah Satania. Not since Traylon Burks, at least. So, <laughs> you know, but no, you're right. I mean, and I think that's the thing is, you know, kind of Burks is everybody's expecting Burks to replace Brown. I don't know that everybody in our state's expecting Isaiah Satania to replace Traylon Burks, but if there's someone on your roster that maybe could be, and he's going to be different. His body type's different. He doesn't have hands the size of snow shovels like uh, Traylon Burks did. He just had impressive, um, massive hands and just physical features. But Satania's got that speed. Not that Burks wasn't fast, but Satania's got eye-opening speed. Track so, speed, yeah. Yeah, tra- yeah, exactly. He's going to run track as well. So if there's someone on this roster that in time, and I don't think it'll be this year, but I think for the Razorbacks, he and, and it wasn't Burks in his first year either, but I think sophomore, junior year, you see the potential. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but you see the potential for Isaiah Satania to be uh, the, the guy that every defensive coordinator loses sleep over leading up to the Arkansas game. If you look at what Arkansas was initially with Joe Adams, Greg Childs, and Jarius Wright, they showed flashes. Now, no true freshman comes in and busts a 1,000 yards. No one expects Isaiah Satania to do that. But he does have an opportunity immediately because you have Scott Fountain, your special teams coach, that says he is in contention for that punt returner spot. Bryce Stevens, who showed flashes against LSU last year. Jaden Hazelwood's up for that. Harper Cole, who is what he called a Nathan Perotti type. Those are kind of the guys that are uh, vying for that punt return position, which, Tommy, correct me if I'm wrong, it's a lot easier to make plays on punt return than it is kickoff return based on the rules that have been changed. There's no wedges. There's different things that you're not going to see as many Dennis Johnson, Darren McFadden, Felix Jones back there just because of how the rules and regulations are set up on kick return today. Yeah, Scott Fountain was the one at the podium yesterday, and uh, watching that video, you can see it at hitthatline.com. I, I thought the conversation when it turned to, he was asked the question about do you kick it into and out of the end zone, or do you do you have the ability to accurately get it to the you know the one-yard line? And he said, you know, that's the head coach's call, and that's interesting on strategy. I've always thought a touchback can never score a touchdown, so that was always my my strategy. If you don't let them return it, then there's you can't, you can't be caught with your pants down, so to speak. But tying the SEC, the punters are so good, and the and the depth on a lot of these teams are so good. Getting getting much on a punt return is kind of rare anymore, isn't it? I mean, that that's the thing about playing in this quality league. I mean, it happens. But you're right. Special teams, I don't want to say been mitigated, but to me, my focus on special teams is what your place kicker does. Seems to me to be the most important thing because punters are great, and the speed on the special teams makes coverage get down there, and those 4-3, 4-4 guys you know, force a lot of fair catches. Well, you look at what your kicker is. Cam Little was 20-24 last year and was automatic. He said he wanted to improve. He was also up there with Reed Brower yesterday, who's your punter. Bauer won that Mortel Holder of the Year Award. I know that was something that he was putting up videos for, and he had the the two great plays. He got Blake Kern bailed him out in the Alabama game because that was a horrible pass, but luckily Kern, it was weird. Kern dropped like five passes that hit him right in the hands last year, and then he makes the most incredible special teams catch that I think I've ever seen, one-handed behind his back, and then takes that one to the house in Tuscaloosa. But Bauer... Cam's confident about it. You have to have the whole setup. I don't want to get too much into this because it's, I mean, it's just 
special team stuff, but that is something that Arkansas had an advantage in last year, and you saw it in those close games. Ask Mike Leach how important a kicker is, Tommy. Ask him how important a kicker is when they could have won that game in Fayetteville. Difference between third and last in the in the division, right? I mean, just a game separated the you know the upper middle, if you will, to the bottom of the division. That's how how much parity there really was past uh, uh, the top two teams in the division. So uh, you know those little things are the difference in winning and losing. And Sam Pippen's already talked about the number of close games Arkansas is going to be in just because of the league you play in. And there's a lot of debate. I think a lot of people would agree. Who's who's the third best team? Fourth, fifth, sixth? You're going to get a lot of different answers depending on who you ask. I expect a lot of tight games, Ty, and special teams may decide many of those games. Yeah, I think when it comes down to it, there's only really two teams that are up for that. I'm not buying Kentucky. I hope Tennessee answers the bell because I think when Tennessee's good at football, it's better for the Southeastern Conference overall. But I think the only two teams vying for that third team in the SEC, it's Alabama, it's Georgia, and then it's Texas A&M and Arkansas. Who's going to stack up between the Aggies and the Razorbacks? Lots going to become of that in week four in Arlington. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports, contests, and events with first-to-market odds and lines. Find reviews and news for every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. Bet online continues to be the top online resource for all your sports information, from live in-game betting, props, and futures. Head to Bet Online today, or use your mobile device to join today and make. Make your first sports bet. Use our promo code Believe Fifty to receive your fifty percent welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's Believe B L E A V fifty. That's Believe B L E A V five zero. Bet online where the game starts. First Western Bank. We are more than just a bank. We are your partner for all your financial services. First Western has real professionals with years of experience in banking, mortgage, insurance, and investments. From financial services to personal and business insurance to investment products, mortgages, and small business banking. First Western with locations throughout Northwest Arkansas and the River Valley and online at firstwestern.com. Exceptional financial services all in one place. First Western Bank. Member FDIC, equal housing lender. You're listening to the Bud Light Next Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light Next is for the next era of beer drinkers with zero carbs and only 80 calories. What do you think about using scholarship for kickers? It sure seemed to pay off for a true freshman who only missed four field goals last year, Richard. Oh, absolutely. And when you're, again, Talk about uh, Arkansas, they're not the Alabama or Georgia, you know, top-tier uh, teams as of right now. Uh, it could change in the future. History says that uh, Arkansas uh, may not may not ever reach that uh, talent level on a consistent basis, but uh, one of the ways you, you're able to uh, kind of close the gap is have a strong uh, uh, special teams uh, program and, and be able to uh, – you know, when that, that the special teams, uh, that, that, that's very, very, very important, especially in a situation like, let's say, a punter. I mean, a, a guy could turn over the field. It looks like uh, you're, you're, you're deep in, in your ter- in their territory and, or the, your territory and, the, and you're having a punt and it looks like, uh, the, 
your, your opponent's going to have uh, excellent field position, a uh, potential to score, at least get a field goal, and a punter can change that. So that's that's huge in itself. And then uh, going back to the place kicker, uh, that that's big. You know, you can win or to lose games just on on uh, you know your place kicker and, and his accuracy. And then you go back to what Arkansas has the last few years been really been able to do uh, really well is kicking out of the end zone on kickoffs and right, right there minimizing their kickoff returns and and that that also uh, allows you to keep them from uh, maybe potentially returning a a kick for a touchdown. You, I always call special teams uh, scores uh, a cheap touchdown. I say cheap touchdown just because it's it's just you're just not expecting it for overall. But you get one in a in a in a, in a game that's pretty uh, pretty even evenly matched for the teams and their talent. That, that's that's a game changer there. Yeah. Richard, I want to circle back to something that uh, Ty and I were talking about a minute ago. The Board of Governors for College Football were meeting, the the power brokers, and uh, there's potential that somewhere down the line maybe a new division or uh, separating out the top schools from, from the rest of the world in college football. If if you were if you had a clean slate and you were making up all the, the new rules and, and, the, and the way schools would operate, what would be important in your mind as to how recruiting would be set up if you had a, a clean slate and and made it uh, a fresh start. How would you set recruiting rules up, or what would be two or three important things in your mind? Oh boy, you know, I, I think first, uh, right now, you got to you got to get a handle of, uh, on the NIL situation. E- even you know, it, Congress or somebody's going to have to step in and, and take care of that. They get some uh, national, uh, uh, you know, uniformity rules in place uh, until that happens it's going to continue to just be crazy uh that would be number one and even then in fact if, if, if you have national rules in place uh who has confidence in the ncaa enforcing those rules i, I don't uh so I, st- I still think it's going to be a mess even once that uh once that's accomplished if it ever is uh, others, I, you know, I'll be honest with you, I, I would like to, to get rid of the really early, early offers. Uh, I don't think that the, there's going to be any kind of legislation that stops that. Uh, I just think it's ridiculous to be offering seven, eighth, eighth, eighth graders and even ninth graders. I, I just wish they would just wait till kids got, you know, till they were sophomores. But I don't think that's going to change anytime soon. I, I think it's just, uh, and I'll be honest with you, some college, uh, I think a lot of college coaches are uh, are turned off by it too, but they they have to play the game in order to get, uh, you know, in with a kid early. If a kid gets an early offer, that puts, you, puts pressure on you, especially if you're in in-state school. So, yeah. uh, you know, those are the couple of things off the top. I can't think of anything off the top of my head that, that I would, uh, I think is just, yeah, earth shattering type of a yeah, situation. I, I think those are two things that are on a lot of people's uh, minds. But let's talk about early in this year because one of the things coaches want to do is get kids on campus and get one of their official visits. Uh, how important in your mind is the outcome of the Cincinnati and say South Carolina game to to maybe getting an out of state four star kid to, to to commit one of his officials? Are those first couple of games do they do they matter that much, or is that just something fans have anxiety over? Yeah, it just depends on the kid. Uh, obviously, they're, they're, 
winning always helps. You know, with Arkansas obviously winning nine games last year, the the trend is going up, and it, and and kids notice that, and they get more excited about the program. And then if you start off hot this year with the first two games, two very very good, evenly matched, uh, uh, at least on paper uh, matchups overall. Uh, yeah, I, I think that could turn turn a kid's uh, attention. Uh, they, you know. You're not just a you know a one season uh, success. It looks like that uh, you're going to be uh, going towards another season where you're going to have a good 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 year, good record. So uh, kids are turned on by uh, success, and 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 let's face it, most of these kids that are being recruited right now, until last year, Arkansas really hasn't done anything the last few years, especially in, in you know, guys are say. Uh, juniors, I mean, Arkansas hasn't impressed anybody. I mean, if you're a prospect over over the last few years with with the record, so uh, you get they're they're turning the tide slowly, and they have to con- kind of continue continue that. It seemed like that was the story with Landon Jackson out of Texarkana that he was considering Arkansas high up on his list, but two back to back two and ten seasons, like nope, goes to LSU, then sees what Arkansas is doing, and flips over to Arkansas. Sam Pittman, Richard, were talking about stability and NIL being close to the top of the list when it comes to recruiting. How far up is winning up there? Uh, winning is huge. Winning is 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 up there. T- uh, kids, especially kids that are high profile kids, uh, they they and I think kids in, in general. I, I shouldn't just say just high profile kids. Kids in general, they they want to win and have the opportunity to win for uh, win. You know championships and and be spotlighted. The more you win, the, the bigger games that you play in, and and and, the, and, and all the uh, attention that goes with that. So uh, that helps. And then another thing, I mean, there's several other things, but that that's definitely one of the more important things, in my opinion. And, and it helps you so much more to be able to go and, and get into the living room and 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 get a kid to take take your call when you're having success. Richard, I think you know more than anyone else how important this home schedule is with so many marquee games coming to Fayetteville. How many potential recruits do you think we could see if Arkansas lives up to the billing and these games are worth? I mean, what does that look like this fall with so many top 25 matchups in Fayetteville, Arkansas? Well, Alabama game, Alabama game always draws the biggest amount of uh, kids. Kids want to see big games and then uh, obviously see the atmosphere. Uh, I, I think with the Alabama game, you're probably going to see about uh, 70 to 100 kids uh, for that uh, that particular game. The other games, you're probably going to have anywhere from 50 to 70 or maybe eight, even 80. just depends on how big the game is and how, how the season's going. Uh, and it goes back to winning like, like, like we just talked about. Winning it creates uh, excitement around your program, and kids want to be around it. Tommy, you got anything else? I'm good, man. Uh, right. Richard, I, I'm excited. I'll tell you what else. I, I do have this. High school football is just over a week away. We're in Harrison uh, this morning, Richard, doing the show, and they're, they're excited up here. I know across the state. I mean, uh, there's got to be some high schools uh, and some games you've probably already penciled in, week zero and week one, uh, to get out to see. Uh, is there a game or two that you've uh, already kind of got on your agenda, some players you want to see as high school football is a week away? 
Yeah, I, I plan on being at the Salt Bowl, uh, Benton and Bryant, uh, two, two reasons there. I mean, obviously, uh, it's a big rivalry, but uh, you got uh, Braylon Russell, Arkansas commit for the 24 class for Benton, and T.J. Lindsey, the defensive lineman, uh, another 24 uh, prospect who Arkansas is uh, really ho- hoping to, to land at some point. And, uh, and look at some other guys that uh, may, maybe uh, have a chance to maybe be recruited by uh, ID1 and uh, schools in Arkansas. What do you think the crowd – I mean, that, that's always the largest crowd of any high school game. Is, what do you think it is? Is it 30? Is it 35,000? What, what, what do they get to War Memorial this year? Yeah, that, I, I think it'll be in the 30, 35 range. It's usually, uh, you know, uh, when the, there's a lot of anticipation for the game, I think uh, with Benton, you know, obviously at, enduring a long uh, losing streak to, to Bryant and having uh, Braylon Russell uh, as, as your running back, it may give them a little bit more excitement about uh, the game and thinking they have a chance to win and and we'll see, but the, and Ben's a very solid program. But obviously, Brian's got it got it going, and uh, and uh, Buck James has has got a lot of excitement, uh, you know, around the Hornet uh, program. Well, Richard, we'll leave it there this morning. High school football coming back. Razorback football sixteen days out till you take on the Cincinnati Bearcats. We appreciate you joining us on a Thursday, man. Sounds good, guys. We'll see you. Yeah, that's that's going to be a. Uh... That's going to be a fun time. That game's on a Saturday, 7 o'clock, Ty, uh, at War Memorial. So if your local high school's playing at, you know, on that Friday night or some are playing earlier up in the week next week, uh, if you just want to be in a good high school atmosphere, that'll be a, a good place to, to kind of take in a good game next Saturday night at, at the stadium in Little Rock. Don't want to. I've never been, but I've heard it's a great time. So don't want to. Yeah. if you have an opportunity, like Tommy's saying, maybe uh, maybe take advantage of it. Yeah, it should be fun. Hey, I know great internet's always important, but if you're uh, particularly living in a rural area, you've, you've struggled for you know a lot of your life probably not having any good internet. Well, now if you're in Johnson County, uh, Hagerville has got uh, high-speed, fast fiber internet from Wave Rural Connect now coming to the community. You can sign up right now. They're on Highway 123 in Clarksville. 10577 is the address. 10577 Highway 123 in Clarksville. So if you're in that community in Johnson County and you're an Arkansas Valley Electric Cooperative member, uh, they've got high-speed Internet. If you're, a, if you're an Arkansas Valley customer and you haven't talked to them yet about Internet or you haven't uh, signed up for the service, now's a great time. They'll be answering questions, getting you installed and signed up between 730 and 5. So uh, if you can't make it by, stop in, and they'll waive the install fee through November 14th. So find out more on their Facebook page, or you can call them at 833-492-8372. It's uh, 833-492-8372. And get signed up for the fastest Internet, great phone services and TV services with Wave Rural Connect from Arkansas Valley Electric. Hey, did you know uh, holders could have swagger, Tommy? And as weird as it sounds, I think if you can practice holding with some swagger, I think you can really improve. It's all about getting it down fast and getting the laces out. That's Reed Bauer, your punter and your holder, who did win the best holder of the year in college football last year. But you're like, you're listening. It's like, why is our holder talking about having swagger? Because he's getting it from his head coach. Your head coach has swagger. He has a moxie. He has a confidence about him. This year. And you know what happens when your coach, your head coach has confidence? It's actually translating the field. 
Tommy, it, get past, it gets passed on the players. And if your holder's talking about swagger, imagine what your, your quarterback's thinking heading into this year and all the other guys on this roster. I guess that's the difference a lot. I wouldn't have thought about swagger for a for a holder, but hey, I mean, hey, you, you got to know your role, you know, and be the best at your role. But uh, my my thought would be, don't drop it, don't drop it. I mean, yeah. <laughs> like Jake Taylor from catcher and uh, from behind the plate in major league, don't bomb it, don't you know, all the wrong thoughts in your head. You got to be thinking good thoughts. I watched that movie the other day working out. He just that that movie's so great. I love major league, but yeah, he uh, that's apparently Fountain and Cam and Reed were talking about he. he Two years ago, no one wanted to kick with Reed because Reed sucked at his job is what he said. I'm paraphrasing here, but he's like no one wanted to to kick because he couldn't do it. But, yeah, I think that, I mean, that's a small glimpse. That's a, a quick little special teams nugget this morning. But that's just what this this team feels right now, and you feel the same way about this team. And it's just it's another likable thing to like about a player. How many of you knew or know the name Reed Bauer? I mean, that's not many of you. It's okay. He's your punter, and punters aren't exactly the most widely popular or publicized guy on the team. But, Tommy, he made two of the best plays last year, and Blake Kern kind of bailed him out against Alabama with that one-handed behind-his-back catch. But he did have that run, if you remember, that set him up in a better field goal range against LSU in that game that was that was anything but a high-scoring affair. Yeah, I mean, in, in you know, the old John L. phrase, you know, one play wars for giant chunks of land. I mean, that that's still right. That's what I mean. You talk about flipping the field and changing field position. Nothing does it faster than a, a special team's mistake or great play, depending on which side of the line you're on. So uh, the momentum can change in a game. Uh, what's the stat of, you know, if you block a punt, we've seen how those have changed games, but the likelihood of winning a game is like 80% or something if you can block someone's punt. So, I mean, you can really change the direction of a ball game uh, with a great special teams play a lot of times. It just it pumps one team up and deflates the other. Yeah, and it gets your, if you're at home, your fan base and, Chuck was telling us a week or so ago the opening kickoff that Dennis Johnson took back. You had special teams plays last year. You needed another one. We were talking about the idea of Isaiah Satania or Bryce Stevens or Jaden Hazelwood as your punt returner. Scott Fountain touched on it. You just need a player or two that gets this fan base going from special teams. I don't know if you're going to have the amount that you did with Joe Adams and Dennis Johnson and Felix Jones, but, man, it, it sure would be nice to, to get things going from a touchdown standpoint and a special teams perspective, Tommy. At Joshua's Fine Jewelry, we specialize in getting you exactly what you want. Custom jewelry, professional repairs. We can even fix eyeglasses and other small trinkets. Now we offer services with a new laser engraving slash cutting machine. We can mark any shape or design you need. Company logos, fingerprints, religious symbols, even actual pictures can be engraved or just cut out into shape and preserved in metal forever. We can also engrave on other materials, glass, wood, plastic. Just ask. You can get what you want without settling for less. We can take any design or picture and turn it into a forever keepsake. Come see Nathan and let him tell you all the details. You can get exactly what you want at Joshua's Fine Jewelry in beautiful downtown Russellville. Core Jewelry! You're listening to the Bud Light Next Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light Next is for the next era of beer drinkers with zero carbs and only 80 calories. Who is going to be the most electric? You've got your pick of anyone. Could it be 
An incoming transfer like Jaden Hazelwood? Touchdown, Hazelwood again. It's the fourth touchdown pass for Williams. Hazelwood has got three of them. Could it be a freshman like Isaiah Satania that burst onto the scene? Could it be a guy that's flying under the radar like Bryce Stevens? Tommy, who's your pick of this bunch? Let me go a different direction, just uh, just to be different. How about AJ Green? How or Rocket Sanders? Let's, let's talk about Rocket Sanders. You you don't have a name like Rocket, you know, as your nickname, unless you're kind of electric, right? So I mean, here's a guy that's shift a little bit and can fly. So how about just to be different? I'll go with Rocket Sanders. I think AJ Green's a, a good one. Here's a guy that had one of the best touchdowns of the season last year that really sealed the deal on the Texas win, including also had a great one against Texas A&M. He got by one defender, bounced off another, and then just took it to the house. He's shown you flashes. He's your Ronnie Wingo of this year's football team, and he showed you a little bit as a true freshman last year, like Isaiah Satania has that track speed. So I think that's a good one. I think Bryce Stevens, Coach Fountain, just based on what he was saying, sure seems like Stevens is leading the pack at punt returner. So if you want to go somewhere that's flying under the radar under the bit, I think he's out of Tulsa. If I remember that, it might have been Putnam. If I remember that right, but I'll go. I'll say Bryce Stevens will wow you a little bit this year. He'll make some plays that maybe he's not the most notable guy on that roster, but I think Stevens could be a guy that that turns it on for you a little bit if you're looking for someone that's kind of outside the radar. Yeah, and you know we've talked some special teams. Scott Fountain uh, talked with the media yesterday for twenty or so minutes, and hey, if you can find you a returner that you know sure hands and can get you, you know, I don't know. 10 or 12 yards, 8 or 10 yards, that's a first down. I mean, and, and that's not going to be consistent. There's a lot of great punters in this league that can hang it. And hey, there's a reason they're looking for 4-3, four, 4-4 four, four speed uh, because they want you to get underneath that and keep the guy from returning. But if you can find you someone to get you something every time, I mean, I look at it this way. If you can get 8 yards, that's most of a first down. You take that every single time. Absolutely. Oh, and here is what he did have to say. This is his words, not mine. Hey, Coach, who's going to be returning punts this fall? He's got a couple guys on that list. Bryce Stevens is back. You know, he had a, a big return for us in the LSU game last year. Isaiah Satega is is also working at that spot. Uh, Harper Cole. Harper Cole, to me, is kind of like a Parodi-type guy, very dependable, very reliable. He, he's been back there for, for a couple of years. And then we worked uh, uh, Jaden uh, Hazelwood back there a little bit as well. So those are kind of the four guys we're focusing on. Tommy, I know kick return rules have changed. Is there anything in punt return? I know blindside block, you can't do that anymore. And I was watching Joe Adams' highlights this morning, and Arkansas would have been flagged about 50 times because I swear there was about 50 blindside blocks where someone would come over and just cream someone on the opposing team. You can't do that anymore. It'll be a 15-yard flag. Is that the only rule that's been changed on punt returns? Well, and then... not particularly with punt returns, but but in general, the blocking below the waist rules have changed in college football. And I don't want to get into too much of a technocrat conversation with that, but essentially once the tackle box and the ball is gone, you know, all this blocking below the waist that has been legal in college but not in high school is now off. But uh, I don't want to get into all the minutia of it, but it, um, you're going you're to see uh, – where, where some of that blocking that guys would get out in front and chop someone down will be taken out of the game this year. Let's hear what Tom Murphy has to say about this as we join him into the conversation. Tom, first and foremost, good morning. Uh, good to have you as always, buddy. What's the what's your week been like as you've just been kind of in the midst of fall camp? Yeah, good morning, everybody. Yeah, wrapping up our college football tab stuff, which, you know, a big preview on the Razorbacks. 
and uh, that kind of stuff, depth chart, position analysis, things like that. And now it's time to see where they are in camp, talk to uh, Kendall Bryles and Barry, Barry Odom over the next couple of days. And I know you were one of the, the main question guys yesterday asking if Scott found Cam Limmel and Reed Bauer. Of the four guys he listed, who do you think is going to earn that punt return job? And then who do you think is going to be the guy that returns kicks as well, Tom? Right. Well, I mean, I don't think Isaiah Satania is going to spend the entire season uh, just getting a few reps on offense. I think he's going to find his way on to special teams. He's a special talent. Um, you know, Bryce Stevens had a, a really big punt return in the LSU game that led to, to points. Um, something happened to Nathan Perotti. I can't remember, maybe late in the UAPB game when he had a punt return for a touchdown. And so Bryce Stevens did it against LSU, and he had a good one. So I wouldn't discount Bryce Stevens from being the lead punt returner, but I, I think maybe he and Isaiah will get some time back there. And now on kickoff returns, the first name that Scott Fountain mentioned was A.J. Green, uh, but he also said uh, Rashad Dubinian, another running back, and Satania. And I think there's been a little bit of talk of, like, Matt Landers and Jaden Hazelwood at kick return, but I – I think I think I'd rather play those guys just on offense. Um, there's some pretty big collisions on kick return, and you know I, that's why I didn't like having Rocket Sanders back there. Even he was a backup last year, uh, but I think you know earlier in camp someone asked Sam Pittman about it. You know, hey, was Rocket one of those guys? He goes, yeah, well, they was he was gonna be, but I said no. He's your top tailback, and, and you know it's just a little risky having a guy. At kick return. Tom, has your view of special teams maybe changed uh, in the last few years compared to what it once was with all of the fair catches and touchbacks now and the and the way the kicking game goes from those two-thirds of the aspect? Do you view it different now than you once did? Um, I do, and I think all of football does. A, the, the, the rules started being implemented um, to have more touchbacks because the collisions on kickoff returns were considered – I probably the most dangerous play in college football and, and in all of football. And I know myself, I've been knocked out on a kickoff return before against rising. So um, they did that. And then um, I, I think in, in the punting game, there's a whole lot more directional. They don't want guys to return on you. Um, and, and I think it's been relatively good for the game. Uh, having Vito Calvaruso last year as a big-time touchback percentage guy I think was very beneficial to the Razorbacks. And, you know, it's nowadays you just don't see a whole lot of kickoff returns for any particular person. Yeah. And, and maybe one of the most costly penalties in the game is kicking it out of bounds. I mean, we, we see that. They are talking about that. And uh, Sam was, uh, Coach Pittman was, after practice the other day, had uh, a kickoff out of bounds. I mean, when you go from the from the twenty five up to the to the forty, that that uh, that changes the percentage of likelihood of scoring tremendously. It's one of the one of the most costly penalties I think you can incur. Yeah, it, it, it's a bad one. I mean, that's fifteen additional yards to, to what you could have. And uh, I'm with you. I bet uh, the percentage chance of scoring goes up probably twenty thirty percent with those extra fifteen yards. Um, and and I think just overall, Arkansas special teams. Year one under Sam Pittman, it felt like because, you know, it was the COVID year, they didn't have a true spring training. I think, you know, the 
the details of special teams, they weren't able to, to get them all in. And they were not a great special teams unit that year. They improved Im- tremendously between Cam Little's field goal percentage. Um, Reed Bowers' punting average went up. I think their coverage teams all improved. Uh, they want to be a better kickoff return team this year. But um, uh, I would say that, you know, there's, there's room for even more improvement. And kicking the, kicking the ball out of bounds is something you just want to completely avoid. And I think they were pretty good at it last year, maybe just one or two. And uh, if, you can, if you can limit that thing to zero, you're going to give yourself much better chances to win games. Tom Murphy with us here on the Morning Rush, Arkansas Democrat Gazette, Whole Hog Sports. Tom, Brett McMurphy just put this out moments ago <laughs> that he works with the Action Network. The Big Ten is about to sign a TV and media rights deal like we've never seen before. In that line of thinking, what do you think the SEC is going to get from ESPN when Texas and Oklahoma join the league? Because the Big Ten is supposed to get over a billion between NBC and Fox and CBS. What, what kind of money are we tossing around when the SEC gets to 16 teams from ESPN? Uh, well, let's see. If it's $1 billion for the Big Ten, then it's probably going to be one point something billion. Mm-hmm. for the SEC. I mean, the money's ridiculous right now. And I tell you, uh, the NIL and, you know, the way that got implemented in such a willy-nilly fashion, of course, had all the coaches in tizzy. And, um, but the money just keeps pouring in. I mean, it's a, it's a, a well-watched sport, and we all love it. Um, I don't like the direction of the game. You probably saw... Mike Gundy's comments the other day about Oklahoma and Texas leaving for the SEC. Um, you know, I, I think it's been going on for years now, but the uh, passion of the fans and the rivalries and all that, I mean, Bedlam is in jeopardy, obviously. The Texas A&M-Texas series went away a few years ago, and I don't know. That, it's not great for the health of the game, but we keep on watching so what do you do in that situation if you're Oklahoma? Do you still schedule Oklahoma State or for USC? Do you still schedule Oregon? Do you keep those rivalries going or do you just let them fall at the wayside? Uh, well, I mean, it, it just depends on what your scheduling model is and what your current administration wants to do. Um, if I'm uh administrator at Oklahoma or Oklahoma State, I want to keep that. Even if there's bad blood by the, the, leaving the conference, Um I want to keep that, and uh, the A and M and Texas thing. I don't. I can't get into the particulars because I don't know them. Of you know why they didn't reschedule each other, but that's a really tough non conference game for them after A and M joined the SEC. So yeah. uh, I just hate it for the, the pageantry and the fan bases. But um, ticket prices for them will continue to keep going up. I saw some deal the other day about what it costs to go, like, go do some premium tailgating somewhere, and someone wrote, like, yeah, this used to be free, and now it's X thousands of dollars a year to get a premium tailgate spot and have all these amenities to go with it. Yeah. You know, and in some of these rivalry games, and I don't think it's far-fetched, and it's, it's really easy to understand, you may have state legislators get involved in, in, in state governments, you know, mandate more or less some of these games still get played by by threat of taking some of their funding away. We've, we've seen things like that happen in the past, so if, if you told me the Oklahoma state government was going to get involved, Tom, and force that game, that wouldn't be hard to imagine. Holy smokes, Tommy. Well, you know, you and I, when NIL was coming in, and we talked about it the entire year or months, months leading up to the 
when it was implemented last summer that it would turn into a wild west and it didn't matter it's just yelling into a a, a huge a windstorm and no one hears it because it's just going to keep rolling and um when politicians get involved with stuff it's it's how does that really help things i don't know if it really helps things at all so uh the game's just going to keep going and i i don't see that there's any any danger of it losing its appeal but the money keeps going up they've priced the the, the little man so to speak out of the game in in a lot of ways and um it just keeps on rolling, man. Well, the school that gets left out, like in Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, having that game every other year is going to be far more important to Oklahoma State than it will be to Oklahoma because who know, they don't know what their future is going to be. So having that game, at least in your home stadium, every other year will be a, a big deal to them. Let me, let me pivot to Saturday because a huge scrimmage is coming up, Tom. And what do you think the, uh, the biggest things to watch are for Saturday because – it feels like a lot of the starting spots may be tied up, but who has the number two or number three spot on a depth chart that will eventually come out? Do you think that's what's up for grabs in a lot of cases this Saturday? Oh, yeah, no question about that. And then just continuing to hone hone and refine uh, their pre-snap stuff on both sides of the ball for their starters. But I can imagine that guys like Bumperpool and maybe like Dalton Wagner, maybe even you know Rocket Sanders and, and KJ will probably have extreme, and Catalan limited reps, uh, get those backups in. You know, I'm, I'm going to keep watching the cornerback spot because McLaughlin came over with such high, uh, you know, high praise. You know, can he win himself a job? He's been running third team some lately. And I know it's like about sending messages and stuff, but can, can McLaughlin or, or say Ladarius Bishop push their way into a starting job? Because, because Hudson Clark and Malik Chavis have held down those spots. And uh, I, I think they're going to have a big rotation at, at corner. That's one to keep an eye on. You know, the receiving core, I think they have their kind of nucleus of six, seven guys. And in that position, it's really not about who starts so much, but everybody wants to start. And um, so we'll keep an eye on those guys as well. Tom, we'll leave it there, man. Appreciate you making some time for us as always. And uh, next week we'll get closer and closer. I say next week. I'll be gone. Tommy, hold down the fort next week with Tom, okay? All right, it'll be fun. be a good conversation. All right, guys, I enjoy it, and uh, look forward to talking to you next week. See ya. All right, Tom Murphy with us here on the Morning Rush. We're live in Harrison. We're at Neighbors Mill on Highway 65. Combined see us this morning. Brought to you by Explore Brand, or Explore Harrison, and uh, also uh, celebrating 22 years here in Harrison is what Neighbors Mill is doing. we got that going on this morning. We're brought to you by Burton Pools and Spas. Fiberglass in-ground pools are on special right now, up to $7,000 off. And you can get a free salt generator or two-ledge loungers when you uh, sign up right now. they got six different fiberglass pools to choose from. It's all part of the inventory reduction sale going on at Burton Pools and Spas. They come all the way to Harrison and install pools. They go all over our listing area. So if you want the pros, a, a place that's been around more than 40 years, they'll be there down the road for you to help you take care of your pool. Burton's is the place. Again, Springdale and in Fort Smith, online at BurtonPools.com, Burton Pools and Spas. They are your source for backyard fun. So I saw this breaking news, and I know you wanted to talk about it this morning. Garth Brooks is coming back to our listening area, Tommy. That is uh, something I know you're excited. It's the Alabama game, though. That's yes. the only. Uh, that's the only drawback to this. Well, I guess if here's the deal. So if you hadn't seen the news on Facebook, 
Uh, it was announced yesterday that Garth Brooks is coming to Ridgedale, Missouri. You may say, where in the world is Ridgedale? Well, that's where Big Cedar Lodge is. That's where all of that is. He- heading out, what is that, Highway 86, uh, out uh, towards the lake. Johnny Morris, when Johnny does something, he does it big. He does it grand. They built a new amphitheater out there where they're uh, shooting. Uh, they, uh, they're, where we do the trap shooting and the clay pigeons and stuff, and they're going to open it up with Garth Brooks. I mean, so if you're gonna go, if you're gonna go big, you just go real big. And Garth's gonna do that. I, tickets go on sale uh, next Friday, and I imagine just like it was at Razorback Stadium, it's gonna be an even harder ticket to get just because you won't have eighty thousand available. Do we have any Razorback fans that forgo the Alabama game to go to that concert that have well, season tickets or single game tickets for that Crimson Tide matchup? I'm guessing it'll depend on whether or not you got to go to see Garth in April. So if you that's on your bucket list, and you couldn't go in April for whatever reason. I could see where maybe you'd take that chance. Uh, I guess maybe you're rooting for an 11 a.m. or a 2.30 start, and you maybe do both. Uh, so uh, I, I think it's neat that he's going to be that close. So, you know, Ridgedale's about three miles north of the Arkansas-Missouri line, about 10 miles south of Branson. Um, that's going to that's be uh, maybe the biggest thing to ever happen there is Garth Brooks uh, coming to play. Uh, might be one of the biggest things to ever happen in Branson. I mean, it, we're, from where I'm sitting in Harrison, you could be out to where they're going to play at in under a half hour. So uh, that's, that's a big deal. What is Fayetteville to Branson for the, the crazy person oh. that would try to go to the 2.30 Alabama game, assuming that's it's on CBS, and then would try to – two hours. I mean, you you could be there in under two hours. So you depend, hit, on where, depend on traffic and where you're at. I don't think – You don't get behind a chicken truck or anything. Would that know? be worth it? I mean, you think about the – the traffic that you'd get out of Fayetteville from the game, I mean, I don't know if he'd be worth it to buy a ticket at that point, right? Garth comes on. It depends on who opens up for him. Garth, when did Garth come on in Northwest oh, it was, Arkansas? It, it was after 9 o'clock, wasn't it? It was right around 9 o'clock when he finally took the stage. I don't know. That concert, two was, opening acts. that concert was a little hazy that night for some reason. I don't exactly remember. Crystal clear in my mind. I don't, I don't, I don't know. It's so. your fault. You, you got me too drunk that night. I blame you for that. But, no, that's uh, – I guess you could – Pull that together and figure that out. That's just a that's a long well, day, man. You come up wherever wherever you are in Arkansas, or you come down, you come up, and then if you venture over to Branson, I think you almost have to pick one or the other in that situation. I guess, man. I'll tell you, what, I mean, Tommy, you can you can talk Garth Brooks up, down, side to side, but if Alabama and Arkansas four zero, both in that game, people ain't going to that Garth Brooks concert. They're coming to Fayetteville. Well, if you can get a ticket to the Arkansas-Alabama game, there'll be some that can't get a ticket. And you're, you're right. If if it's a top five, top seven matchup, if Arkansas and Bama are both 4-0, that's about what it's going to be. Certainly a top ten, I would I would suspect. Um, you may not be able to get, get the tickets you want. So uh, there may be some people that buy Garth tickets and just kind of hedge and then decide later. But hopefully you can get a ticket. It, that's going to be limited seating out there. But uh, Johnny Morris, once again, doing it right and having Garth Brooks October 1. Uh, we'll call it Branson, but it's really Ridgedale. Out at more or less Big Cedar Lodge. It's down the road at their uh, – you've probably never been out to that shooting academy. Who but me? it is, yeah, <laughs> I, I know. That's a shocking deal. But believe it or not, one time uh, – me and Chuck and Tyler Wilson played in a in a they had the when they had the pro the, the champions trip they played in the pro am oh, and they and in the pro am you played nine holes of golf and then you went out and you shot uh, you know shot shotguns at clay pigeons and trap shooting and stuff and they combined the two scores and uh, not very good at golf 
but uh, our golf score was a little higher than the than the uh, the, the trap shooting score. So I, I mean, they, they got a world class facility, and I am not qualified to describe it, but it's uh, it's an incredible place out there. I'd pay money. To see Chuck Barrett shoot skeet, I he loves to give me a hard time for being a private school kid. There ain't a chance that guy can hit a skeet. He, he can play some pigeons. He, he can play golf. I, I, I've seen him play golf, but there ain't a chance that guy could shoot skeet. Maybe I give him a hard time about well, that tomorrow. But Ty, at least he would know uh, which end of the gun to hold. You, you know? pull the trigger, man. Listen, last time I shot skeet in. Bum, you know what, Oklahoma, I swear, and I, I'll take this to the grave. For, I hadn't shot skeet since I was like 14 years old. I hit, and I didn't hit one after, after like 20 attempts, but I swear whatever shotgun or whatever the thing that my buddy Caleb gave me, I hit that sucker and it exploded. First shot. Now, I, again, we had 20, 25 more and I didn't hit a single one. But that first time, Tommy, I busted that sucker and I busted it up. So... So you were one for 20. One for 20, That's your your claim to fame. That's my claim. Well, it's the first one. That's the most important one. And then after that, did not hit a single other one. Not a single other one. My dad with a shotgun on Because I'd have to be the guy that pulled the the loader back and then loaded up and pulled the string when I was a kid. I, I, I can't tell you how many cases of clay pigeons I've loaded up uh, when my dad get ready to go pheasant hunting or whatever. We'd go out in the country with his friends, and that was a, a long and loud day <laughs> of shooting guns. So it'll be fun, Garth. Garth coming back to our area, but uh, Arkansas-Bama the same day. Got to make a decision, hard decision that day. Bud Light Next is available nationwide today, anywhere you can buy your other Bud Light products. This podcast has been presented by Bet Online. This podcast is an exclusive property of Pearson Broadcasting. It may not be copied, reproduced, modified, published, uploaded, reposted, transmitted, or distributed in any way without Pearson Broadcasting's prior written consent. Subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network, the best podcast in the natty state. Just search Hit That Line wherever you listen to podcasts. Brought to you by Breeden RV Center. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.